there. In today's episode, I'm going to be answering the question, what are feel-good foods? Now, before we get started, I fully recognize that this question around feel-good foods may not even be one that you've had in the past. The reason I am talking about it here today regardless is because, as you may have heard in last week's episode, I am changing the name of the podcast to Feel Good Family Food. I am super excited about this name change because I think it is very much in alignment with the types of tips and tricks that I want to share with busy parents around how to feed their family better. And core to this discussion around the name change to feel good family food is what does feel good food actually mean? So that's what I'm going to take some time to describe to you today. Don't forget to hang on till the end for your very quick assignment that you can do with your family this week to be on track to eat more feel good foods. Let's dive in. Hi there, I'm Amy. I'm a mom, a natural food chef, and the host of the Feel Good Family Food Podcast. Just like you, I have more to do in a day than could possibly get done, and kids who say their favorite foods are things like... Gummy bear. Rachel, of course. Maggie. Ice cream, yummy. On this podcast, I'm using my 10 years of professional food experience plus real-world nutrition to help real parents more easily feed their families healthy food more often. Stick with me for tips, tricks, and actionable steps to start feeling good about feeding your family. So when I shared the name Feel Good Family Food as the new name for the podcast, some of you, understandably, had questions around, well, what the heck does that even mean? And I'm hoping to clarify for you and maybe even for me today exactly what's entailed in Feel Good Family Food. So I came up with a very exciting equation. Who else loves equations? I don't love math equations, but I love word equations. So here's my equation. Feel good family food equals feel good process plus feel good choices plus feel good eating. And I'll say that again. Feel good family food equals feel good process plus feel good choices plus feel good eating. I'm going to spend a little time today telling you a little bit more about what each of those things means, what it has to do with you busy parents, and how I can be helpful to you as you look to feed your family better in the limited time that you have. And then, like I said, I'm going to give you an exercise that you can do to get super clear on what feel-good foods look like for your family. So let's start off talking about feel-good process, because honestly, that's where feeding your family begins. If there's no healthy food in the house, then there certainly isn't going to be healthy food on your plate. Whether you love cooking or not, the reality of feeding a family is that there is planning and shopping and yes, oftentimes even cooking involved. So I often have folks come to me and they say like, that's nice for everyone else, but you know, I'm not like a food networky gourmet person. I just want to feed my family better and I don't love cooking. I totally understand that. While I happen to have a deep love for cooking, I actually love working with parents who aren't as into the cooking process because I think there are so many simple tweaks that we can make to make getting lunches packed and a healthy breakfast and healthy dinner on the table even easier. I feel strongly that you don't need to be a gourmet chef to get a tasty and nutritious meal on the table, and those are exactly the types of tips and tricks that I wanna share with you here on this podcast. For me and my clients, one of the most important things about feeling good about the process of feeding your family is being realistic about where you're at. And I think this actually applies to almost all of healthy eating is until you get real with yourself about where you're at, you may be coming up against expectations and shoulds and other things that have been put on you by other people instead of things that are really important to you. 
What being realistic might mean is that you're not always cooking from scratch. It also might mean that how you cook varies by night, by the amount of energy that you have, by the things that your kids have on their schedule. And we're gonna be talking all about different strategies for ebbing and flowing with the time and energy and perhaps like mental capacity that you have to dedicate to cooking so that you can get a healthy balanced meal on the table regardless of where you're at. So I wanna tell you a little story about what this has looked like in my house. The truth is that I really enjoy cooking. I often cook from scratch, but where I, where I fall apart is in having a really solid plan to get started with. So something that I've been focused on for the past couple of years is getting my process fully in place. That means getting super clear on what our menu plan looks like for the week, which I'm going to be talking about more next week, by the way, um, creating a really clear shopping list so that I'm not constantly scrambling to get the ingredients that we need. And then, like I said, being realistic on what we can have any night. So as part of that process, I've also created a backup meal backstock in our pantry. And that looks a lot like this. I have these awesome, uh, freezable, veggie-packed turkey meatballs that our family really loves. I love Rouse pasta sauce. And I found some whole grain pastas that my kids will eat. Usually we use like brown rice or the bonza chickpea pasta. One of the ways that I future proof our healthy eating is by making a big batch of those meatballs at one time and storing them in the freezer. When it comes time for dinner on a busy night, all I do is defrost the meatballs, put them with some cooked pasta and throw the tomato sauce on top. This is, I think, a perfect example of how healthy eating doesn't have to be complicated. Other ways that I do this is the other week I was solo parenting, I was coming off two weeks of the flu, and the last thing I wanted to do was cook something from scratch. So I got a little bit creative in the kitchen, and these are things that I know you can do too. Here's what dinner looked like that night. I really wanted orange chicken, which is random craving. So I went to Trader Joe's and I got frozen orange chicken. I cooked it up according to the package direction, and I added half the amount of sauce because it's a little bit sugary and I didn't think I needed the whole thing. Then I took some frozen brown rice that I just microwaved and mixed it together with some cauliflower rice to add some veggies, even though I wasn't feeling like a salad, let's say. And then I added some frozen broccoli on top of it and served that as a meal. The cool thing about strategies like this that I want to share with you is that once you have them in your back pocket, it becomes really easy to ebb and flow with your energy and time that you have and put together a healthy enough or at least a balanced meal regardless of the time and energy that you have. The other bonus is that some of these things are really easy to keep on hand anytime. So even on those nights when you haven't gotten to the store, when you're scrambling for what's for dinner, I want to give you the tips and tricks and strategies that are going to help you get feel good foods on the table in a way that feels good to you. That's feel good process. The next element of feel good foods in my mind is feel good choices. So maybe you've had this thought, I want to feed my family healthy food, but the information on what's actually healthy is always changing. I think of examples like, you know, should I be feeding my kids Cheerios because of the gliophosphates that are being found in them? Or is coconut oil actually healthy? Or I can't tell this week, are eggs healthy or are they not? Um, or maybe your challenge is that you want to feed your kids veggies, but they don't eat them. So you've just stopped putting them on the table. These are the kinds of things I hear all the time that lead parents down the path of feeding their kids processed, kid-friendly favorites like macaroni and cheese, 
chicken nuggets, and mac and cheese. I mentioned those because I think it's something all of us as parents have relied on at a time. So for me, it's not that these foods don't ever show up in my house or that they don't have a place in yours, but I can tell you from experience that finding a balance that works for you and your family goes a long way to stopping the worry and guilt that many parents feel around feeding their family. The guilt that I'm talking about here are, again, those shoulds that go through your mind of like, oh, I should really find a better snack than those goldfish, or gosh, I should have really found a vegetable to put on the plate with dinner instead of just a box of macaroni and cheese. And these are things that take up energy and brain space that I know you could better spend on other things in your life. So this idea of getting really comfortable and automating some of the feel-good choices for your family is to help free up brain space and energy to focus on the things that are um, that you are uniquely talented at and that you really want to spend your time on. So I make feel-good choices for my family with two things in mind. One, those choices are mostly in alignment with general good nutrition. So I don't stress out too much over the details because like I said earlier, they always seem to be changing. But things that I look for are whole grains, foods that are low in processed sugars, and also meals where I can find an overall balance of different ingredients. And I put this in the category of I feel good about feeding them to my family. So It's about them, yes, but also, by the way, it's about me as the feeder. The second category is these choices feel good to my family members when they eat them. This is where food allergies and sensitivities come in. So both of my boys struggle with dairy sensitivity. They are not allergic. Um, They actually don't have any food allergies, which I feel really fortunate about. But one thing that I've noticed is that if they have more than one to two servings of dairy per day, that they get constipated. So my role as one of the feeders in the family is to limit their dairy choices on a daily basis to less than two servings because I know that's what makes them feel good. They would certainly want to eat all of the cheese sticks if they were given access to it. So for me, feel good choices is about my role as a parent of recognizing what works for them and then making choices within there. Interestingly, this isn't really something we talk about in our family. I try not to burden them with information that they don't need to have, especially because my boys are little, like both under five. So instead, I just make choices accordingly, less than two servings of dairy per day. And one of the things that I've decided makes that easy to manage is that we don't drink cow's milk. So this is a great example of where I can help my kids make feel-good choices, things that feel good for their body, that also aligns with my need to feel good about feeding it to them. Just a side note here, um, I'm certainly not a food allergy expert, being that we don't struggle with it in our house, but if food allergies are something that you struggle with, you may want to go back and listen from season one of the A Very Full Plate podcast to my interview with Kathleena, the allergy chef. She's amazing. You can also find her on Instagram. And if you want to find that episode, you can go to www.averyfullplate.com slash 36. That is the parent's guide to being more food allergy friendly, and she's going to give you lots of information around making feel good choices for your kids that might have some more complex considerations. So we've talked about feel good process, what feels good about getting food on the table, what's realistic for you. The second is those feel good choices. So what do you feel good about feeding your family and what food actually makes them feel good? And then the final piece is feel good eating. So my mind, feel good eating is fairly simple. You eat food you enjoy and you enjoy doing it. I'll say that again. You eat food you enjoy and you enjoy doing it. 
But the reality is, any parents who are listening probably know that this isn't as much of a given as it might sound. Who of us has not sat at the table and had food battles or talked incessantly about like, have you tried the cauliflower? Are you gonna try that broccoli? How about you eat a piece of broccoli before you have this? I think it can be really hard as a parent who wants to nourish your kids to not try and overmanage their eating. But I do think that there's an important element to feel good eating around this eating food that you enjoy and then enjoying doing it. That is so crucial to building a healthy relationship with food for the whole family. I also connect this in my mind to like building long-term skills that help us live a healthy lifestyle over time, ourselves and our kids. So let's start with eating food you enjoy. This may sound dramatic, but at this point in my life, I refuse to eat anything I don't love. Now, that doesn't mean it's all Doritos and Sour Patch Kids, though I do love those foods, Um, but rather it means that I have done the work to find healthy, balanced recipes that I feel good about, that make me also feel good physically, that I also enjoy. And I just think like in the age of the internet, all of the recipes are available to us. There are amazing recipe writers out there sharing things like paleo chicken tenders and, um, you know, Korean beef bowls. And I just made a recipe for like pulled buffalo chicken with dairy-free ranch slaw last week that I'm really excited about because these are foods that um, like nourish our souls. They are foods that we can connect to and that we can get excited about, but they are also foods that nourish our body and, um, give us the energy that we need to be busy parents raising busy kids. Right? So for me, that intersection of eating well is all about food you love and food that makes you feel good. And in the middle is where eating well really falls. The second piece of this that I said is you enjoy eating the food. From a parent's perspective, this is all about the dynamics at the table. How do you end food battles? How do you enjoy your time together? How do you reclaim dinner time instead of it having a spot where everyone just ends up frustrated with each other? If this feels like a long shot, I totally understand. And please don't despair. I'm going to link to some episodes in the show notes where we talk about um, changing feeding dynamics with kids. I had a couple ones I really loved, one with Natalia Stasenko of Feeding Bites and one with um, Melanie Potok of My Munchbug. And I'll put those in the show notes for this episode at www.cookingwithafullplate.com slash feelgoodfoods. And usually you can click through to that link also. Suffice it to say, we cannot cover the dinner table dynamics in full here. We will be talking about tips and tricks for helping you enjoy mealtime as a family more in upcoming episodes. So that's it. Feel good process, feel good choices, feel good eating. I know that we're just scratching the surface here, but I hope that this episode has given you an idea of what kinds of topics you can expect us to cover from this podcast coming up. As promised, I do have one exercise for you. And the reason I'm doing these exercises is not because you need more work to do, but because I think if you are going to spend time listening to these episodes, I want to give you something tangible that you can walk away with and inspire you in some small way to make progress towards where you want to be with feeding your family. So today's exercise actually comes from my Clean Place Happy Parents membership. So this is an exercise that I have folks do as soon as they join. And I'm going to talk you through it verbally here. And then I'm going to include the download so that you can do this for yourself with your family. 
um, at that link, cookingwithfullplate.com slash feelgoodfoods. So here is the exercise and why you're doing it. One thing that I found is that if you don't take the time to think about what ideal, but also realistic healthy eating would look like for your family, then you are living someone else's narrative. You are doing what somebody else told you to do. And the reality is, is that as a parent trying to feed your family well, so much of the work is in getting really clear on what your expectation for yourself and your family are so that you can then align with those expectations. So like many things in life, but here specifically related to feeding, I want to empower you to get really clear on your own expectations so that you can more easily get into alignment with the tips, tricks, and strategies that I share. So how do you do that? Here's the exercise. I love to have people think of three words that describe your family's ideal and realistic way of eating. This is different for everyone. So Primarily, I encourage you to be realistic and not strive for perfection. This clarity is going to help your whole family get clear on the way that you ideally want to be eating so that then you can take steps to be more in alignment with that vision. Why three words? And listen, you're the boss here. You can use five words if you want. But the reason I like three to five words is that they're easy to remember. And words that I suggest and you'll see in this download that you can work on with your family are things like unprocessed, vegetable heavy, plant-based, paleo, whole grain, whole, real, um, 80-20, delicious, easy, more cooking, less cooking, together, home-cooked, store-bought, dairy-free. And of course, you can feel free to add your own words in. I think the nice thing about three to five words is that it's easy to remember. So for my family, our words are whole, real, and unprocessed. And then I've added a little subheading, which is most of the time. So whole, real, unprocessed, most of the time. The cool thing about this exercise, and I would love to hear from you after you do it, is that once you get clear, it helps with all of the pieces. It helps with the process of shopping, feel good process being our first step. It helps with making feel good choices. So when I'm in the store, I can look at the back of the label and figure out, is this mostly whole real and unprocessed? And if it's not, am I making that decision cons consciously instead of just buying something because it's convenient? And then the final step would be feel good eating. Is my family going to enjoy this, right? For us, I'm always looking for ways to make whole, real, unprocessed food that my whole family will enjoy and feel really good about eating. So that's the way that I use those three to five words to describe your family's style of eating. I would love to hear what you come up with once you've done this. You can find me on Instagram at cooking with a full plate and share your three words with me. I would love to check in with you. So again, the show notes for this episode can be found at www.cookingwithfullplate.com slash feelgoodfoods. I hope that this was helpful to you. And if it was... I have one small ask for you. Could you leave a review on iTunes? Reviews on iTunes are a huge way that us podcasters get more people to hear our message and that I can help more people eat healthier more often. So if you could take a minute, leave a review on iTunes, that would be amazing. And don't forget to let me know what your three to five words that describe your family's eating are. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Yay! Thank you.